H5G Brands is a proud sponsor of Above180.com. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Show your individuality and have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.h5gbrands.com. Don't let fashion pass you by. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Thank you to all of our supporters and our fans. We appreciate it. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me in the Above180.com podcast is Mike Shady. Mike is a member of the USBC Hall of Fame and a Team USA coach. For more on Mike, check out MikeShadyBowling.com. Mike, it's Tim Berg here. Thanks for joining me again. Well, uh, thanks, Tim. Uh, thanks for inviting me back. Always a pleasure to talk some bowling with you and with your audience. And as we all know, we're in tournament season, and the big tournament is is going on now, the USBC. And I'm getting ready for it, as many of your listeners are. So it's a great time to talk some some tournament bowling with the USBC. Yeah, so let's get right into things. We've got a lot of different areas and a lot of different topics we'd like to hit on today. Let's begin, though, before before people even get on the plane or, or get in the car to head to Reno for the Open Championship, let's talk about one of the areas I don't know if we've ever discussed, really, but talking about picking and then finding the best team that fits what you're looking for when you go to these tournaments. What should you, in your opinion, what should you be looking for as a bowler, and um, and what are some things people maybe need to keep in mind when they're heading out to uh, when they're when they're looking for that team? Yeah, you know that's a that's a really important question. I've been really fortunate, uh, you know, and Jeff Riggles, our our team captain, when he put this team together twenty plus years ago, you know, he that was the same question that that he had to answer. You know, I, I think it's um, you, you've got the the one component. You know, what what hand do you throw it with? Uh, you left handed or right handed? You know, if you're going to break this these patterns down as a team, it's it's important. You know, you play the same side of the lane because there's you know I think Matt McNeil is is an exception because he's so so talented. You know, he's bowled with some right handers over the years, but I believe now he's got he's got left handers. But but for the most part, when you're breaking a lane down. You know, you, you want to be on the same part of the lane, the same side. So I think that's one. Uh, another one is, is rev rate. I think that's really important, Tim, is, you know, when you're, when you're looking at uh, the type of bowler you're trying to recruit for a team, you know, do some guys circle it, some guys go real straight, some guys tween it. You know, what part of the lane do you, do you like to play? So I think you've got to get guys who are similar when it comes to, 
you know, their spin rates, their RPM loads. Um, now, that's hard to find everybody within a, a certain range, but obviously the closer you can get to that, the easier it is for the team to play, you know, the, the same type of uh, the line or the part of the lane. Uh, another one would um, be where where are they comfortable in the lane? You know, we for years, uh, our team's been together for over two decades, Many times we would go to the, a part of a lane where it really wasn't developed yet, but we knew if we could break it down, that would be toward the gutter. Um, we we could get them to a point where, you know, that uh, that investment of kind of giving some pins away early, later uh, as we got into the games, it would really pay off. Now you mentioned, Mike, um, kind of giving away pins that can be a challenge for some people if you're not all going in with that same mindset. So I'm sure that's something you guys had those conversations ahead of time where we all have people that we may hang around with. They want to get in as many brackets. And I know you guys do those a little bit different than, than not everyone, but if you're not getting in where you're putting in all your money, you know, pooling your money, I can see where that's a sore spot for people. And that's something then that doesn't always work because there's some people want to score right from the gate, right out of the gate, and everyone, of course, hopes to, to not do terrible right out of the gate. But on the flip side, like you're saying, if you develop the lanes properly, your scores should step ladder up. Yeah, you, you know, that's another uh, component I didn't talk about was the side action. You know, you're, you're spot on, uh, and that's why we pool the money. So it, it's, you know, everything's about the team. Everything's about working together. And when you work together, you you're going to, you know, you're going to get the return on, on that work and that investment. And um, if, if you are in there as a, a lone ranger and not playing as a team, you're right. Instead of trying to break it down outside when you see nothing out there and you're giving away pins immediately that, that lone ranger is going to jump on in the in, on inside and, and try to get lined up, which is going to completely destroy what, you know, what the team's trying to, develop as a team for lane play so you know that's another one that's why we pull the money we split the money um, just so we don't have those type of challenges when we also talk about bowling let's begin with team event let's talk about ways that maybe a bowler can can sabotage their own team event yeah you, you know that again as we just got done talking about being able to communicate and work together is is so important for that tournament. And, you know, one of the thing is, is lane play strategy, you know, working together in the, on the same part of the lane, you can't have two or three guys playing together. Another guy playing 15 to the gutter. It just, it, it doesn't develop the way you want it to. Cause when they transition and you guys got, you got guys way on the inside, you're going to move into that transition and you're going to destroy that last, could be the last game, game and a half, last six frames. So lane play is huge. Another one is type of bowling balls used. You know, you, you and I have talked about in the past, you've got the urethane with the high-performance covers, and urethane will transition a lane much differently than what a high-performance cover will do. So, you know, you got that challenge as well. So for, for our team, we, we stay away from that. We, we want same type of technologies in the hands so they – the lanes develop in, in kind of how our eye is trained to see the ball motion. So I, I think surface um, is really, really important. Uh, and then the other one, too, to sabotage your team is your companion team. I think it's really important you have a team 
that is yet the same mindset, same philosophy, you know, the same uh, game plan as you have. Because if you don't, and you've got five other guys doing their own thing, again, you're you're really taking away pins from from the end result. Mike, you mentioned a, a couple different times about lane play and how how we play things and playing the lanes together. When it comes to that, is it probably fair to say that? If you are a tweener or a, more, uh, a guy with a little less rev rate, it harms him more to be the lone wolf if he's bowling with a bunch of guys that have high rev rates versus a guy who's with the, the guy with one guy with high rev rates or two guys with high rev rates, and they're bowling with the opposite, bowling with tweeners, bowling with guys who are who are, are straighter players. Now, I know they won't the, – the, in that situation and scenario – the two guys with the high rev rates will be completely relying on themselves for where they're playing and their reaction and such, but it won't hurt them as bad as the straight players bowling with all rev rate guys because they'll, their moves will be double moves. Oh, a- absolutely. And again, you're just complicating trying to solve the puzzle. You know, the, the puzzle is you as a team, how do you get the lanes to a point where, you know, you can really pick up momentum and, and make the lanes as easy as possible going into the last two games or game and a half. And when you don't have guys who are similar, uh, can it be done? Sure, it can be done. If, if, if you've got teams that are, you know, the rev rate's a little bit different, you, you bowl together all the time, you probably know, uh, you know, your, your different, um, uh, where you slide, where, you, where your target is up front, where the break point is. Everybody's probably going to be similar to the same break point. But to me, it, it again, it just, it makes it more complex. It makes it more complicated, and it makes that you have to work harder. Where, you know, in a perfect world, if you can get there, and we started this conversation talking about how would how would you choose your team? I would choose my team with players that are very very similar, um, with with rev rates and, and even even type of games where, you know, if you can if physically, if you're very biomechanically sound, and you can. Uh, repeat launch angles in the front and break points at the back. I mean, those are the teams that really do well out there. If you are heading out to the USBC Open Championships, please remember, check out bowlingthismonth.com, bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource, of course, all at your fingertips. Your ball reviews down your left-hand side if you are looking for that new rock before you head out to Reno. Also, don't forget, check out the BTM Tournament run by Rick Ramsey and his wife, Gail. That tournament taking place at Coconut Bowl in Sparks. Always a great tune-up as one of the side events for the main event, the Open Championships. Always put out a very challenging but fair shot, so check that out as well. Check everything out, everything you need, information on the tournament, information on the ball reviews, information on great articles, other advice, other ways to get you prepared for the Open Championships. Check out everything at bowlingthismonth.com and along those same lines if you are heading out to Reno and shoot an honor score please make sure you're wearing your H5G Brands jersey the only dye sublimated jersey you really should be wearing in all honesty folks you wear that H5G Brands jersey tag them in some social media posts all the details are at h5gbrands.com but frankly what's going to happen is you're going to get a new jersey you do everything you need to do post it like they say you do use the proper hashtags Check out h5gbrands.com for all those details, everything you need. 
no hidden artwork fees, and $20 off your first order. Use promo code ABOVE180. That will get you that 20 bucks off. All you need to do, dye supplemented jerseys, no hidden artwork fees, thousands of designs to choose from. They walk you through the process. Very straightforward. Check out h5gbrands.com. So, Mike, I did the interview for the Collegian podcast, uh, talked with P.J. Haggerty not too long ago. He gave us his report of what him and his uh, his crew saw out there. We're hearing all sorts of other reports as well from people. Uh, what can we take away from what, what you're hearing? What are you taking away from it? And, and what really can we take away from what we're hearing, you know, a month and change into the tournament? Well, you know, it's fairly – it's fairly um, new as the tournament has been going on all that long. But the one thing I think everybody's taken away from, including myself, it's, it's much more challenging this year than it was last year. Uh, it, it seems what I've heard, it seems like team is, is a little bit more conducive to putting up some pretty good numbers. Uh, I've seen some video with, with some of the Facebook videos and um, it, it just seems playable. It seems like the lanes, if, if you play together as a team, like we just talked about, uh, you can put some really good numbers up. And I think the scores are showing that. I think there's, there's been some good scoring. Uh, but it, I think it's, it's flatter than it was last year, even in team. Uh, uh, minor singles and doubles, I think it's really flat. I don't know if, you know, it, to me when I've seen it and I've talked to some guys, I don't know if there's like a, they, they put a two-to-two two two load at the back of the pattern where there's maybe a speed bump or something if you get it going too wide. You know, it just it doesn't want to respond at, at your break point. Uh, and then if you, because it's so flat, if you get it going up the lane a little too much where the angles are a little bit too close, um, it, it doesn't want to hold pocket either. So to me, it's, it looks flatter with minors. Team, I think the scores are going to be good, just early reports, what I've heard. But uh, I think it, um, with everything I've heard, flatter ratios are probably a little bit lower. Um, and, and it seems like, yeah, maybe there's a, there might be a two to two, a, a load down the lane where, boy, if you don't, if you don't throw it and clean it at the bottom at the release and really are good physically, it's going to show in the back of the lane. Yeah. Regarding that, what you're referring to that two to two load at the back of the back of the pattern, I've also heard that also makes it tricky for people trying to use urethane on the pattern as well because where the, the ball is supposed to be reading off the pattern it sees that extra load and and just pushes a little bit longer and um is that something that maybe maybe they're not maybe the extra load makes it a little more challenging for everyone but it also might discourage some of that urethane play from what we've been seeing some of the in some of the years past yeah absolutely what and, and our our teams, we just don't use urethane. You know, we're a little bit older. We don't have the rubber rates to get it to go through the pins. Not that we can't get it to the pocket urethane. Just it doesn't go through the pins right. But, yeah, absolutely. You know, urethane starts up pretty early. Um, and if you don't have response at the back of the pattern with some urethane, unless you really, really are a urethane player with a really high RPM load, it even if you get there, I don't think it's going to go through the pins uh, um, properly to strike. Can you get there? Probably, but with a, with some loads at the back, two to two loads, that means it's going from board two to board two. Um, it, it All it has to do is just stutter a little bit at the back and, 
it, it's just not going to work. And, and maybe that was their intent. So guys would keep that in the bag because it stretches the pattern so much. Uh, and it affects more players than not. Uh, a lot of times in a negative fashion, guys that don't have it. Um, and maybe that's what they're trying to do. I don't know. Mike, as, as we move forward and talk a little bit about arsenals, of, of course, understanding that every company out there now is making really solid pieces. So we won't get into specifics from this manufacturer or that manufacturer, but just when we're coming and putting together our arsenal, and let's just say, to keep it simple for everyone, a six-ball bag, and, and most people, I think, take a spare ball, but it, it, I think that'd be the first ball in, in most of the people listening, at least to the podcast bag, is your spare ball. So then you have five other to choose from. I'm curious, when it comes to laying those out, do you want to run the gamut from you know what what a lot of companies are coming out their most strong you know the the newest strongest piece down to your your really weak piece and and maybe for some it is that urethane or the next step up from a urethane you know the next the, a lighter reactive resin uh, where do we want are, are are those balls just too weak for most people they won't bring them anyway should we should we stay more towards the benchmark and to the you know a little bit stronger than benchmark pieces where would you start with with that arsenal yeah, obviously you hit it right on the button there with a spare ball. you got to have one of those unless you can really uh, knock your hand out of the ball at the bottom and, and uh, get it to go end over end with very little axis rotation. You could you could probably throw. And we have we have some guys in our team that do that. Um, but spare ball for sure. I, I and you know I you got to have a big ball. When I say big ball, you got to have something that's stronger. Uh, we you know an asymmetric core. Um, but it, again, Tim, it depends on the type of bowler you are. If you're, if you're a lower rev rate player, uh, your challenge was, uh, revs, you know, you're going to have stronger balls, uh, because of the, you know, there's a lot of volume up front, uh, when they put the pattern out, you got to get the thing to slow down to get some ball motion. So those type of players probably have, you know, stronger, uh, stronger balls, some ASIM balls, probably a couple, and then there's symmetric pieces. They would probably uh, have a couple benchmarks with with some aggressive covers, um, and then you know something uh, maybe something pearlized where where we get later into singles and doubles and and you kind of get inside that part of the lane you like to play. So you know you can when the skid phase the first phase of ball motion shortens a little bit, you got something that'll extend it a little bit so the ball continues to go through the pins properly. Now higher rev rate guys. Uh, you know they they're probably going to take one one big ball uh, and then have uh, two or three symmetric um, some some uh, benchmark balls have a pearl benchmark and then their spare ball um, in in this very I think the most important thing is do you have balls with different surfaces now I've heard thousand maybe is probably the strongest you want to use. Uh, for for medium to lower rep guys, 2,000 seems kind of like the the magical surface to start things with. Um, and then obviously, uh, you know your your guys that really uh, two handers and higher RPM players are going to be cleaner than that. They'll probably have 4,000 or you know maybe a box with with some type of uh, polish on top of it. But you know it's it's really dependent, Tim, as you know, on type of bowler you are to say. You know, you got to have two ASIMs, um, two two symmetric pieces, and then a pearl and a spare ball for everybody. You know, it, it just you can't you can't create a bowling ball arsenal 
with all the different type of players we have. You know, you got you got higher ball speeds as well, lower ball speeds, you know, higher axis rotations, lower axis uh, tilts, ball, uh, all kinds of different variables that affect you know how the ball goes down the lane. So, but you know, for most most people's can be one or two a sims, big balls, something that's got a lot of differential flair, lower RG. That's getting the ball to spin faster off your hand. Um, and then a couple benchmarks, something that uh, if you do run into, you know, the pattern and they really start to hook, something that's going to get down the lane in your spare ball. I think that would uh, that would cover it. But if you have a question about those things, you'll see a pro shop uh, operator, guy that drills your bowling balls. He's he's seen your ball. He he knows your games. He knows your coordinates. Uh, he knows your weaknesses, your strengths when it comes to bowling balls your sweet spots and how to lay them out, your surfaces. Those are the guys that can really kind of fine-tune what you need for nationals. Well, and as we're preparing, as we move along here on the podcast, I was going to say, do we, you know, we probably want to be, if we can, bowl on maybe some more challenging patterns. If you can, if you're not able to, that's fine too. But like you're saying, adjusting surfaces on your equipment before you head out to Reno to see how those balls will react when you put different surfaces on them is key as well. So the first time, you know, you're hitting a ball with 1,500 or 2,000 isn't when you're shooting up for nationals. You need to know what it's going to do beforehand, and that's something I think even not, you know, your amateur, you know, your your lower-level players take for granted, but I think even some higher-level players will sometimes neglect a little bit more than they should as well. Yeah, surface management is it's a skill. It's a skill that bowlers have to acquire, and the only way you get good at surface management is uh, by adjusting your surfaces. You know what what does a, a ball do on a a flatter pattern for me, which is what you're going to see at nationals. Ratios are going to be very flat compared to what what we see in a recreation league bowling. Um, so you know, you've got to be able to know your surfaces, know how to manage them uh, before you get out there. You're exactly right. Because if you get out there and you start throwing on surfaces, you've never trained your eye to see. And to me, it's all about training your eye. We get we get used to a certain ball motion, and we're not used to seeing that. Um, you know, that, that can really be challenging when you get to a, a big tournament like the USBC. So, um, yeah, so you're right, Tim. You've got to you've got to acquire that skill and that skill cannot be acquired when you get out to the USBC nationals. But I will say this, uh, I would, I would, um, I would put on lighter surface, meaning higher surface, like maybe 4,000, 3,000 when you get out there for when you get out there, because you can always knock it down. Uh, once you start bowling in your practice session, uh, before you get out in lanes, obviously, but, um, it would be, I would not, um, grind everything at a thousand and get out there because it's hard to go back up. <laughs> if you want to, if it's, if it's starting to slow down too quick for you, it's really, really difficult to get, get that thing back up to two, three, four thousand on a fly. So, all right. Well, Mike Sheedy, as, as we wrap up our time here, I'd like to end with this Reno, the, the temperatures, I know some people that went earlier and they, they needed their you know, a, a snow shovel to get from, from the, the row of hotels over there <laughs> to the stadium. Obviously the later you go, the weather's changing there. Like it does everywhere. What can we expect? And, and honestly, 
here's where I think sometimes bowlers maybe forget or miss too. The weather's changing, but also as that pattern is laid out on those lanes day after day after day after day, that has to do something as well. Even though it's it's not a lot, it has to do some a little bit of something to that pattern and how it plays. As you know, I do a lot of coaching, so I, I try to keep up with all the different lane surfaces and, and the oils and the machines that uh, apply the oil and uh, just so so I can understand some of the nuances or the changes that bowlers are going to experience. But, you know, I believe, Tim, the research tells us that the more a ball goes down a lane, and if it's the same part of the lane that is being used, whether it's a gutter, first arrow, second arrow, if everybody's using the same part of the lane, and, and the good bowlers out of nationals, the more data that comes out, information – they they kind of know the game plan of where the success is coming from, whether that hook is earlier, whether the hook is further down the lane. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it's a drastic. I don't think it's drastic. You know, it just everything I've seen in the last 25 plus years. You know, it's, it seems like the good teams are playing the same part of the lane. Uh, seems like the strategies are very similar. Uh, bowling ball surfaces are very similar, uh, but you know, early on versus later into the tournament, there's some changes, no question. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's ever been studied or, or uh, any data has ever been drawn for that. But that would be really interesting to to see some of that data uh, from from the start to the finish to see if there is any difference. All right. Well, Mike Shady, I want to thank you for joining me today on the podcast. I feel like we could we could keep going forever on this topic, but um, we, we both have uh, both uh, you know have other things we need to get to and attend to. But a lot of great insight, a lot of great uh, nuggets for everyone there as um, as they are preparing for the Open Championships. And Mike, as you were saying, you do coaching and stuff. Is there where can people find out more about you? And if they're looking looking to to get in touch and, and do some things with you on the coaching side of things. Yeah, you can uh, you can get me at uh, my website, MikeShadyBowling.com. Again, that's Mike Shady Bowling. You can email me at CoachShady at Gmail. You can contact me there. Or uh, you can reach me at Backstage Bowling as well, which is uh, uh, a Facebook group that uh, we do a lot of a lot of different topics and venues and coaching on there as well but uh yeah reach out anything i can do for you or your audience tim uh it would be uh it would be my pleasure to do that 